This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast, a podcast dedicated to, wait for it, Premier League club Luton Town. I'm here, joined by Jamie Castle, Dylan Bundia, Stephen Day. If we're not happy with this, when are we ever going to be happy? What a day it was at Wembley. Luton win on penalties. I called it, I perhaps didn't get the, the right scoreline on penalties, right? But I called it on penalties and um, that's probably... First one I've got right all season. First of all, lads, Jamie, I'll come to you. How have you been over the last few days? Yeah, um, I guess pretty good would be an understatement. Currently sunburned from today. Um, that sun crept up on us in in the square. Um, but I'm in particular the last sort of 48 hours or so, um, flipping between getting all teary, between laughing at looking at the lineup for next year and seeing... Luton wedged between Liverpool and Man City. Um, yeah, just all of all of the emotions that you can experience at, at, at once have have been experienced. Really, um, it's yeah, it's just yeah, fantastic. I think it just you, you could use so many words to describe it. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to spend hours to, to to sort of say how I'm feeling, but yeah, just pretty bloody good. Dylan, on a similar level, are we? Just genuine disbelief. Like I, it doesn't feel real. We're, we're recording on Monday night after the the Saturday, and and it's it hasn't sunk in. You know, even though we've we've had the day at Wembley, we've won on penalties, we've had the day after the parade was today. It doesn't feel real. It, it doesn't because I'm 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 still a bit. It, I genuinely am still expecting to wake up at some point, and it's just that didn't happen. But. 
I'm so proud of the football club and, and everyone because we, from where we were to where we are now is it's not fun. It's unfathomable. Um, I think yeah, I can't. I can't really say much more because it's w- w- incredible. It hasn't sunk in yet, and I don't think it will until the first game of the Premier League season. What the Premier League season like? What like genuinely what? You've summed it up perfectly. Disbelief, Stephen. Add into add into that kind of uh, feeling that we've already got in this call. I'm I'm feeling a bit rough. To be fair, can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody happy, but feeling my body my body's feeling it. I'm I'm really feeling the uh, the ramifications of the celebrations, but it's all worth it. All worth it. I just yeah. I was saying for what. The week, week and a half up to the playoff final. I can't believe it. And I'm going to be continuing to say it for the next year, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, just just can't believe it at all. But we're That's here. Everybody I've spoken to since said, oh, what was it like? And I cannot... It's like an automated response of, oh, I just can't believe it. Because that <laughs> it's hard to escape that feeling of, of not believing what has happened. I know we've been in the playoffs for a while I know that that this game of of, you know the highest magnitude was 50-50 I guess if you go by by an outcome base but still the fact that we've gone to Wembley one booked our spot in the Premier League and you see those graphics of, of us next to all these Premier League clubs and you look specifically at the line that we're on next to Liverpool Manchester United Man City Newcastle and yeah, it's hard when you see graphics like that for, for the feeling to truly sit in. It's just been an incredible, incredible couple of days. And yeah, it's it's difficult to describe, but but we'll try try our best during this podcast. We'll start today with a bit about the build up. Um I, I don't know about you boys, but but I was sick to my stomach the whole week. Work, I was very, very unproductive. Sorry to, to my respective bosses, but that was just the way it was. I, I don't know if you if you three were the same. We spoke a little bit about it on, on the pod that we've done on the Wednesday, but yeah, it, it just got worse and worse. The, the Thursday and Friday, I, I could barely speak. Too much. It, it, uh, I, managed to, uh, I managed to push out my mind until Thursday um, because I had to. And then when I got, I got on the train, to go to St Pancras to travel um, north, and I got and I, as I was on the train, I went past Wembley on Thursday, and I saw Wembley arches. And from that moment on, I was wired to, to Saturday, and it was too much. And I think, even though it, it felt weird, and we, we were talking about it before the game, weren't we? Like it, this wasn't the same as as ten years ago or whatever when we came and lost to York, and it was almost desperation of like we have to do it, we have to go up, we can't afford not to do it. This year was almost. The reward was so big, but it was almost like if we did it, wow, that's incredible. And if we didn't, we'd be devastated. But we're in the championship, guys. Like we're in a good place. But it was almost like the reward this time was so great that it felt worse in a way than before when the reward was smaller and we could have stayed in the conference. Like I don't, yeah, that, that's kind of the way I saw it. I try, I couldn't switch off from it after Thursday, but the reward was was there and I, and I don't think anyone's quite grasped it yet I haven't I'll just speak for myself I haven't um, I mean I think for me in terms of the build-up I 
still unbelievably was pretty calm. Um, I mentioned on on the last pod about feeling pretty calm and thankfully work last week was pretty manic so it kept my mind off it which which I'm guessing helped but I think for me I was quietly confident that we'd do it obviously would prefer to do it in 90 minutes just to save some some heart palpitations but um, yeah still I was relatively confident that that we would win the game and go up um, and sort of then to sort of add into the mix as Dylan said ultimately we want we want to go up so much um, in terms of being in the Premier League but if we didn't the championship's still a great league, so I think the 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 the, the, the consequence of not winning is is nowhere near as bad as the consequence of not not beating York in that conference um, player final, like, like I didn't said. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the build up, and I think the, the, the nerves probably only really hit in extra time for me, um, and then obviously when Joe Taylor scored. That's obviously when there was that release and it was disallowed and then God panic is I was a mess. Um and then Darby put it over. Um and yeah, sort of jubilation. Um but now on the whole I was I was surprised how calm I was. I think for me, um I was I, I was kind of with Jamie, I was quite calm. Like my my work was quite relaxed to be fair last week. A lot of you know, lots of people making jokes like, Oh, I can't wait for Luton to to lose on Saturday, but I was like, if we did, it's not the end of the world. Um, and I'm just going to enjoy it. And I was, at any opportunity, I was consuming as, as many podcasts, as many, as much content as possible, watching those, that, that Aussie news channel, um, the project talking about Luton in a ridiculous way. And just, you know, l- lapping it all up, basically. I was just loving it and seeing, you know, all these, all these people that wouldn't normally take any notice of Luton talking about Luton and, you know, such a positive way. And I was just loving it. And it just, it kind of built up to the day really, really nicely. And just having almost everyone, like everyone's eyes on Luton and not feeling like this is, you know, this could be an embarrassment. It was a, whatever, whatever happens we're we're in a brilliant place and, it's not the end of the world, and if we win, then it's just complete pandemonium, like jubilation, like yeah. And it's yeah, I think it was a very good build up to the game, and the day was brilliant as well. And it's all just been couldn't can really ask for anything better. One hundred percent. The day itself is one of those that you. I don't think you fully appreciate how good the day was until we secured that result, until you knew that everything was going to be okay. You could reflect on the build-up and actually think, wow, what, what a day it was before before the, uh, the starting whistle and, and during it as well, because that was, as Jamie described it, heart palpitations going through the roof. It was not not pleasant at times, but yeah, it's that reflection period that you get to to look back and think, what a what an occasion, something that will long live in the memories of all us Luton fans. Uh, you hear of the good old days uh, before before we were born. I'm, I can be 99% sure that that's going to rank very, very highly up in uh, the memories of, of Luton Town fans. We'll go on to the game itself. And I guess that the first thing of note was that we started characteristically quick. Uh, we were... Um, 
strong, athletic. Uh, we, we were playing some very good football. It was a continuation of what we've seen in the league this season. And, and as Rob Edwards would have relayed the message, he would have kept on saying, treat it like a league game. And, and I guess there was a lot in that first passage that reminded us of what we've seen all season. Yeah, the first half we were brilliant. Um, very much like Sunderland away. I think the whole game was a bit, a bit like Sunderland away in terms of the 90 minutes. The first half we were excellent. Um, and that's even despite the adversity of Lockyer going down in what, what was quite, I guess, um, stressful circumstances for the players in terms of not really not really knowing what, what the cause of, of that was. Um, can't even begin to imagine what was going through their heads. So to, to put in the performance we did in the first half, for Reese Burke to come on and just fit in seamlessly and basically step up to do as good of a job as, as Lockyer has done all season. Um, it, it, I guess it shows the strength um, in the squad, both in terms of ability, footballing-wise, but also mental strength of them all. Um, so in the first half, we were fantastic. Um, the goal from Elijah, well, the goal from Clark, but yeah, from Elijah in terms of the, the assist um, was just incredible. If anyone doubted potential Premier League ability, he he just showed it in that in that little ten second um, run. He basically just had had McFadden all the, sort of just on 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 skates. Um, cut in, great assist. Then that little faint faint touch from Clark to then sort of weak foot shot it near post beyond Wilson. Um, just the goal was fantastic, and I think it showed. Okay, yeah, we are a direct side because it it began with a hoof ball up top with Doughty but when we get it into areas where we can where we can be dangerous we are a bloody good football inside um, and it just shows that we're efficient in in how we do it it's not just a, a hoof ball flick on header through ball onto an, onto an onward runner it, it's a okay a, a bit of a hoof ball up to Elijah but then technically his ability shines through he takes a touch he beats a man cuts back inside and lays it off so it's not it's not like a like a Bernie type direct. Um, so the goal itself was fantastic. Um, so yeah, I mean, and and but by Bernie type direct, I'm, I was thinking about Bernie from Lee, by the way, not not Burnley this year. Um, but <laughs> just just to clarify that. Um, so yeah, I mean, just the first half were fantastic, but then yeah, second half they they came back into it and and deserved their equaliser as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Sort of as you mentioned near the start there, they had the incident with Tom Lockyer, and I guess during the game from where I was sat, couldn't really work out what had happened. Um, I thought it was, you know, an incident with Jokerez. I thought it was something to do with, with an elbow or something like that. But but watching it back, of course, it was quite distressing, awful to see what what actually happened. Uh, but but very good to see that he's doing well. He's he's joined in. Um, Albeit from from his hospital bed, but but he's joined in with the celebrations, big smile on his face, um, family with him. So it's great to see that that he is doing well and, and hopefully at some stage can can, can join up with his teammates and, and get involved with the celebrations. Um, but then that led to, to Reese Burke coming in, and of course Reese Burke is a very very good defender, but hasn't played too much football in, in recent weeks. He's had injuries to uh, to contend with, and then obviously the form of the current back three has, has made it difficult for him to pave his way back into the side. But he came on with 82 minutes um, against, you say, arguably the best strike in the league. 
in my eyes, the best striker in the league. Jokerez was absolutely fantastic, showed it at, at a few spells during the game. But Burke, I think, did a very, very good job on him, didn't he, Dim? He was fantastic. And you know what? It's a, it becomes a bit of a cliche because <clears throat> it feels like every manager says it, but it's a squad game. Everyone's got to be ready, especially for these big games. Everyone's got to be connected and ready to go because you just don't know what's going to happen. And I think Reese Burke epitomised that. Obviously, we made the changes against Harlan, and I'm pretty sure Burke played in that game and got 90 in, or it might have been slightly less. They might have managed it, I think. But everyone's got to be ready for those games um, because you don't know when your time comes. And it's the same for the likes of Berry and Campbell. Um, it, it makes a difference because then you've got to play 100 and whatever minutes for in a playoff final to get your team to the Premier League. And if you're not prepared and ready and connected, then... You know, you you're not going to play that well. So big credit to to the to him as an individual, but then the the culture around the squad and the drive around the squad because it says a lot about that group of players that people who aren't playing and are out of the team are ready to come on and play their part and, and impact it in a really positive way. So I thought it was phenomenal. Um, but Reese Burke is phenomenal as a player. So he just reflected he reflected everything that that we know about Reese Burke um, over these last couple of years. So you know, well done to him. He was he was fantastic. And Stephen. Jordan Clark scored our goal. Um, we, we mentioned it through through what Jamie was saying. Adebayo done some fantastic work, but but when the ball came into to Clark, who made a fantastic run into the into the box to support the play, what a first touch! What a positive first touch! And then the finish, it was just a thing of beauty, weren't it? It it showed that we are there because we deserve to be there. It. You know, it's not, it's not just it, it. The hoof ball wasn't pure luck. The the way Adebayo turned the defender inside out wasn't luck. Jordan Clark's quality for the finish wasn't luck. It you know it kind of epitomised like this season and how well we've done to get get where we are, third best in the uh, championship and promoted now. And it it as I said like that, it just kind of epitomises what we're about. We, we we do our stuff well. We can play brilliant football. We've got quality um, in in all areas. And, you know, the ball forward to Adebayo wasn't like a, wasn't just a hoof ball. It was sort of almost like calculated to, you know, where sort of knowing where the, the strikers would be and knowing that they've got the quality to, to actually take that and run with it essentially. And then, um, yeah, it was, and you know, a lot. Of, I think a lot of people, you know, have been saying like, you know, it was it was odd for Clark to go near post, but at the same time, it shows that he had that quality to sort of, and you know, not I guess figure out, but you know, know that if he places it rather than just go straight across the keeper and smashes it, then it's it's got a good chance of going in, and you know that that first touch as well, just brilliant and. It, yeah, just what a wonderful goal, and I think, um, the I'm, I'm sure we'll touch on it, but it sort of felt like the three that were ruled out, they sort of you know were bundled in, or they sort of went in a bit, you know, with luck and all that, and um, obviously all rightly um ruled out, but you know that one that that goal was you know well deserved, and it felt like a proper goal as opposed to those those three and yeah i think it was just wonderful 
as we alluded to, there was a real momentum shift, uh, probably a little bit before halftime. Uh, that's where it started. Coventry grew into the game a little bit more. Uh, a few passages of play where, where they looked dangerous. It was difficult. It was a difficult watch at times in the second half. Um, we, we did struggle, but ultimately, Dylan, what we did was, was hold on. We didn't concede another goal like we did against Sunderland. We, we kept on to, to that one-all uh, scoreline and then went to extra time. And, and from there, it was relatively uh, evenly contested. But what was going through your mind during that sort of second period where you could feel that that momentum shift? Were you thinking... You know, we've had our we've had our time, we've had our chances. Um, you know, this momentum shift means that it's going Coventry's way, or or do you feel that the fact we we did manage to dig in and and be competitive right to the very end did that that you know give you give you fighting spirit that we could get it over the line and and you know going into penalties do the unthinkable. Yeah, I think I think that second half look they they changed shape. Um, they, they took off one of their. They played. A, they took off one of their tens and brought on Godden um, alongside Gokeres, and it it just gave them more of an outball because I think in that first half it was very easy for us to. Every, all the defending we did was in front of us, in front of our back line. Um, they won the ball back. They played feet. We stepped up onto it. We know how good Bell and Burke are at stepping high up the pitch to defend, and and we were just able to suffocate them um, quite easily. And then that, that change just helped them get a little bit more of an out ball. They started winning a few more first and second balls. And and look, you, you have to expect that. That's going to happen. You're playing against a good team um, with very good players in there. And, and they started to control the first and second balls a bit more. Um, but by no means, they were they they grew into it a lot more and, and they controlled parts of the game 100%. But it was a bit like Sunderland as well. Probably probably not. Sunderland probably were, were a bit more dominant than, than Coventry were. But they didn't, it, it didn't generate clear opportunities at goal, is what I'd say. Is we were still able to to stop that from happening. They had a couple of chances, as we had a couple of chances, but but by no means was it uh, was it like they were running around us and and we we couldn't cope. It's just they started to probably control the game a little bit more. They had more of an out ball. They stretched us in behind. Suddenly we had to defend stuff in behind us. Whereas in the first half it was very little pressure on the ball of our back three because they, their two tens were dropping off and we could just clip a diagonal into the front two and play off there. Whereas they got a bit more pressure on the ball. When, when when they won the ball back, they went forwards earlier, they had more runners and it just made it a bit more difficult for us. But yeah, they, they definitely had, uh, you know, more 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 possession and a bit more momentum in that second half. But did it result in really clear opportunities at goal? Probably not. Um, which is, again, really positive trait to have, like at Sunderland, where they controlled the game against our second half away. But did they generate loads of opportunities that Horvath had to save stuff all the time? No. Um, so I think, yeah... It, it was obviously worrying at points because it's a playoff final and it's random and, and stuff will happen and the ball will drop. And if you control a game and you're having more control of first and second balls, then it increases the chance of that ball dropping for you somewhere. Good. So, yeah, it was a bit concerning, but I think we, we are resilient and we, we are very good at defending around our box and defending our box. So, you know, I think I think I was always confident in that sense. Jamie, there wasn't too much too many things that happened in that that extra time period bar the the Joe Taylor goal um taking the handball away taking the whole incident away show that composure coming on uh, slotting it in um basically a, a real positive first touch again to to you know fully dispossess uh, Jonathan Panzo 
it was a real positive sighting. Um, and, and then we'll, we'll go on to the penalties in a bit. But, but obviously, he, he stood up second, I think he was, and, and slotted it in. It's balls of steel. Um, we mentioned it at the, at the at the time, but but Joe Taylor managing to to have that sort of mental strength to do what he did in front of eighty five thousand at Wembley with not many senior appearances to his name at all. It was positive, and and it gives you that little bit of hope and and uh, promise that that he can be a player that that has a big future at this football club. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's obviously he's not played too much since he joined in January. Probably what a handful, five or five or six um, sub appearances. But in every game he's come on, he's always looked busy. He's, he's always looked like he's confident and, and brave and, and wants to get at defenders, which basically suits the way that we play in terms of that that forward press. And to come on in front of eighty five thousand at Wembley for Adebayo with fifteen to play. Um, yeah, he was just, he was just, just again, he was just his his, his busy self. He, he um, he, he worked hard, and ultimately that that that's what forced Panzer into a into a mistake. Um, obviously so unfortunate that it ricochets up, hits his hand, it is handball. Um, obviously it's frustrating that it it rules out a goal. Um, if only he, he had the uh the the ice in his in his veins to square it to Carl Morris, because I think if he did, then then that would have been a goal anyway. But no, that's ingested. I mean, any striker back, backs themselves there and it's a great finish. And it sort of led to what were quite um, jubilant scenes, yeah, but I think there was a lot of us, even I, I was sort of celebrating, but I, I did sort of think it was handball anyway. So obviously it was disappointing to get that dis- disallowed, um, which again, we talk about mental strength earlier with Reese Burke. I mean, Obviously, it's a different sort of mental strength, but you can imagine that he would have been quite low, right, to to, to go from thinking he scored the winner at Wembley at 20 years old to send Luton to the Premier League to then actually know it's been been disallowed. Sorry, mate, you just back back to 1-1. That, that, that must be really deflating. Um, I mean, it certainly was for Luton fans. So I can't even think what, what it's like for the player that scores it. Um, and then to have the balls of steel, as you, as you say, Billy, to put his hand up and say, yeah, I, I want to take a penalty in the five, but not only be number five, be, be number two. Um, yeah, I mean, for the praise for him as as a young lad, 20 years old, big future ahead of him from what I can see. Obviously, Mick, Mick Harford's chose him and scouted him. So quite clearly, he sees something there. We've not fully seen seen it yet because we've not seen him have the number of appearances or minutes that, that he, he's been able to, to show what he can do. But no, I mean, from what we have seen, I have every faith that he can certainly do something going forwards. Um, probably what next for him? Like likely alone next season to get to get first team football, probably. Um, and I hope he, he goes somewhere, get get a good season under his belt, and uh, and really show what he can do to then to then potentially come back to hopefully Premier League season Lulu Town after to 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 make make a claim for for guess a, a squad spot. Um, but no, I mean he's uh, he's he, he seems like a, a striker that can certainly step up in terms of his speed and, and pace, sort of beating a defender and, and forward press and everything. So no, I mean he he, um, he he looks promising. And Stephen penalties it was, um, you know you get you get when it's confirmed that the penalties were was going to decide who would win 
such a monumental game. You get flashbacks of when we haven't been successful in penalty shootouts. Um, it's hard to remember the good times, but but ultimately it's that nervous feeling that you get um, that, that your whole season is going to go down to, to spot kicks, which is crazy. But the standard of the penalties were absolutely fantastic. And, and I guess the other thing I noticed, Stephen, was that the weight between each penalty... No one prepared me for that. I didn't realise how long we had to wait for each penalty, probably amplified by the fact that we are, as fans, we were nervous as anything. But, you know, back to the early point, that the standard of penalties were, were brilliant. Yeah, they were. Um, I think I was surprised almost each time the ball hit the net because, you know, you, you sort of think that in the first five, there's going to be one or two slip-ups, there's going to be a save, there's going to be... Um, you know, maybe something go wrong or go right for us. But um, everyone, you know, it's, it seemed like preparation had gone well for everyone. Um, but I think, fortunately enough, we were just the, we we got the, the rub of the green, I guess, with uh, Dabo putting it over. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, I think a lot of people have been saying as well that the, the quality of the penalties were brilliant. Um, and, yeah, that, the weight between every penalty was agonising, um, but it for me it was I, I couldn't a lot. I, I felt like people almost were like over celebrating some of the penalties that went in because I was I was a bit like you know yeah we've scored but now we've got to make sure that you know we we save or you know don't miss the the next one after that. I you know I was sort of stood there clapping and like having a bit of like, yeah, come on. But I wasn't, you know, getting ahead of myself. But once Dabo started that walk-up, I, I I, calmed down and I was like, I think he's missing this. Keep Horvath saving this or he's, or he's going wider over. Um, and I called right because it just, just something, something clicked there. Something just felt like it was going to go away. I think before the penalty shoot, I was worried that with all those goals ruled out, Maybe it's not going to go away. Maybe we've had the ball in the net four times, and we're going to lose the, uh, still lose the game. Um, but fortunately enough, and unfortunately for Coventry and Dabo, that he he did put it over. And and if you know, uh, back to the quality of the penalties, it almost felt like it was going to be a miracle, and that would get us through, or, or you know, a miracle to for the um, penalty shootout to end, but. Fortunately enough, his his penalty wasn't of great quality. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of talk on quality of the penalties, but at, at the time, I'm not sure about you. I, I was put one one seven, so that was just the left call bag. I was on every looting pen that was taken. Pretty much looked like Wilson got somewhere near it, or it was probably a bit a bit closer comfort. So at the time, I was not enjoying the quality of the penalties whatsoever. Whereas sort of the, the commentary ones, I think like. Um, Yoko's one was like not big and you think but you know, like that's a fantastic penalty and just wasn't enjoying it so you always fear that you're you're potentially one miss away from giving Coventry the lead and at, at the same time you just expect Coventry to score it. Um but yeah, I mean when when that barbie goes over, obviously I, we, we all know how, how that feels right in terms of Wimbledon at the Etihad and you get flashbacks to that and you think please not again I, I can't I can't handle this for the second time in my life to be just completely 
heartbroken because of what is apparently a shootout. Um, so I guess on that, I mean, commiserations to, Co- to Coventry. I think I thought they were brilliant all day, and we, 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 want, we, we know all too well how it feels and to essentially lose out on the on the Premier League place after 49 games, extra time, man penalties by literally one penalty is um, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Um, obviously, fortunately for us, we we were on the right end of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're fundamentally a Premier League team based on one penalty. Um, so it's, it's it's good to remember how close we actually came to eventually not being a Premier League club. Um, so yeah, the nerves at the time we just shot. And then penalty number three. I think me and Jamie were, were on one side of the argument. I think Dylan was on the other. Uh, Marvellous Nakamba. I didn't want him stepping up at all. Dylan had every bit of faith. And Dylan, to be fair, you you were right. He's Nakamba. Of course he's of course he's scoring, mate. He's a, a wonderful technician. No, genuinely, I mean it. Like he's 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 yeah, he's not got loads of range on him, but is he someone who who can who strikes the ball well and can put it in the right place? Like think about it like a pass. Like how often does he do it where he will just clip it through the lines or something? He does it so well over short distances. So genuinely, I was actually when I saw Nakamba walking up, I, I was like, yeah, he, he, he's Nakamba. He's marvelous. He's, of course, he's going to score. Um, but yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm chuffed for him. And and like just quick mention to him, like what a loan spell. Like you, you talk about talk about low knees, you know, and and. There's always a worry with loanies. Are they going to buy into the culture? Are they going to really buy into the project? Because you know they're only here for six months, and you know is it is it going to block someone else's place in in developing and so on? That guy's come here and and just in totally invested himself in in the club, in the project, in our ambition, and and been absolutely amazing. Um, it seems like a a great great person as well. So yeah, Mark, you, you don't fall in love with loan players is always the the phrase as we know, but. You know, it's difficult not to with him because what a guy and 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 to, for him to round off his loan spell, um, hopefully more than a loan spell, um, with with that is, is I'm chuffed for him. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, he's he's marvelous. Of course, he's going to score. And you mentioned Dylan when we spoke about it initially. You said you were more nervous for for Dan Potts, um, and and then his interview afterwards, he said everyone should be able to score a penalty from from twelve yards brushed it off like that and yeah it was just this yeah I mentioned it at the start the standard of penalties were, were brilliant um but again Dan Potts I was a little bit nervous about him him walking up um sometimes it's left-footed players um sometimes there's that little bit of anxiety about um left-footed players and penalties but ultimately it was one penalty um the difference and we are Premier League bound Going to head into a short break, but when we're back, we'll go into some of the stories uh, from an individual basis and then we'll speak about the celebration. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Oh. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We are back after our short little break. We'll now go on to some of the little sub-stories that happened. Um, We we all know the Pelly Ruddock story. Uh, We'll start with that because obviously it's one of the sweetest ones. But but I don't know how much we can add to what the, the mainstream media have missed. But we have watched him. At Dartford away, we have watched him scoring bangers in the National League. To you know, watch his progression as a young player, uh, it's been incredible because for me, he's never looked completely above the level he's played in. He's always managed to grind and, and managed to, you know, get himself to that next level playing for us. He's never, you know, when he was in National League, he, in my mind, I never thought, you know, this is a, a Premier League Championship player in the making. But like Luton, he's defied the odds. He, he's broken ceilings that people may have put on him. And it's just an incredible story. The the words don't do it justice. Yeah, absolutely. No one will. As you say, I don't really think there's too much to connect to what's covered by various media and other fans and obviously just echo everything that's been said. Um, and yeah, I think it's just, I guess, on, on the whole stepping up piece, I think there's been plenty of occasions where he's been doubted he, in terms of can he step up to that next level, even in, in recent in recent years. Um, but fortunately, those voices have become more of a, of a minority. Um, and hopefully now, absolutely zero, because he deserves everything that he's up. I mean, what a guy. He came to us as a academy product from West Ham. Um, and he's just grown into now a Premier footballer. Um, and I saw a tweet, I think, yesterday, where basically, I don't care how long it takes, Pelly's got penalties until he scores in the Premier League. Like, he needs to score at every level. Like, just click him on pens, get a pen, let him score, and then take him off pens. Um, just to, to really round off that story, um, I, I'm very much there for that if, if that was to happen. Because, um, wow, w- what a player, w- what a man, what a legend. Um, very much on a par, potentially for me, obviously for me, probably more so, but I mean, he's on a par in terms of Ricky Bryan, in terms of Luton Town legends. Um, yeah, just, yeah, amazing. And going away from, from football and ability, Stephen, he's a real character. Um, everybody that, that you possibly hear interviews from will mention Pelly, what kind of character he is. Um, during losses, he's the player that, that can pick people up. During the, you know, the triumphs, the days like we've seen in the last few days, he is front and centre. He is just like Nakamba, like we said with Nakamba, an incredible human being, but, but also a very, very good footballer. Yeah, and I think sometimes you can almost be almost be forgiven for thinking that he might not be uh, 
with his personality, he almost seems like he might be the sort of player that might mess around in training and, and disrupt it. But, you know, no manager, no no player has ever said a bad word about him. And he probably, he must be one of the hardest working players in in all of the squads we've had because he's he's been a mainstay in the team for, or at least like in and around the team for, you know, this many years under under this many managers, um, obviously not too many, but um, you know everyone's had had him around. Everyone's wanted him in the squad. He's always had a place with each manager, and um, and he's always been able to produce. Um, it, you know, it shows that he's not just a, a brilliant personality, but he's a hard worker. And you know, he's sort of come out a bit, you know, saying that it has been a lot of hard work. It's not just been, you know, messing around and having fun. It's, it's you know, he's he's there for a reason because he's worked so hard for it um, and he's you know he's been loyal to us as well and we've been loyal to him and and I think you know we're we're so lucky to have a legend like him because as as you know you, you alluded to there Billy and Rob was saying you know he's he's sort of you know same personality whether we win whether we lose he's always there picking people up he's always there and you know, making jokes and all that, but he's just the sort of perfect personality to have in the dressing room. And and we are so lucky to have him. And it's, you know, I'm so glad that we can give him a chance in the Premier League as well. And I think on that personality, you can't understate how important that will be next season. But next season will be tough. Like, we are a football club that bar potentially that, that first championship season, We've been winning games for fun for about six or seven years now. So to go from basically what, what we've done for the last six or seven years to basically we're going to lose more than we win next season, um, it's important we have someone like Pelly in the dressing room. So even if you've lost three in a row, doesn't matter. Pick yourselves up, go again. Um, so he's going to play a massive part, not only on the pitch, but certainly off it next year for, for, for that dressing room. And I think um, with his personalities, you know, picking us, picking us up from, you know, you said those losses, I think as well, he's going to bring sort of grounding to it as well. You know, it could be could be starting off the season against Man City at home and then have Chelsea away and, you know, could have three Champions League teams in a row. Um, and I think his his personality and his, his grounding will hopefully bring the squad down from, you know, the heights of it and be like, this is, this is football. It's, it's just another game. It's, it's not, it's not the biggest game in our history or, you know, it's not going to be cup final after cup final. It's going to be just football game after football game. And I think, I think that's something that he's going to be able to bring to us as well. And the second massive narrative that that's, Flying around the, the mainstream media is, of course, the, the Rob Edwards story. Um, led Forest Green to the League Two title, announced as Watford manager during the summer, um, backed through hell or high water, um, and then obviously sacked within 10 games. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of period of, of obviously, you know, assessing jobs, being linked with a few jobs, but it is Watford's rivals, Luton Town, 
that pick him up, dust him off and let him do his very, very best work. And my God, what a manager we have in, in Super Robbie Edwards, who has now led us to the Premier League. He is very, very humble, Dylan. Um, of course, it's it's been slight tweaks that he's made in terms of stylistically, but but as a face of our football club, what a man, what a humble man, what a brilliant man. You run out of um, superlatives to describe him, and and I'm very excited that that you know we're gonna have him for for next season as well, going into the Premier League. Yeah, what what how lucky we are to have someone like that leading our football club. I think, I think from genuinely from from what we see, you know, we we everyone likes to joke, oh, you know, Watford sacking managers every five games or whatever, and and they sack Rob after ten. But you can genuinely see from from what he says in the press that it it hurt him, and and he as a coach, as a person, as a manager, you know, his his confidence was 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 beaten up by that, and and I don't think people should underestimate the 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 personal element to this is. Is that he went from being sacked? Don't don't forget, like, you know, last season he was managing in League Two, so that Watford job was his big break in, you know, for him and his staff. Like that Watford job was 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 the moment for him to go and and show that he could be a Premier League manager or coach at the very top level or, or on his journey there. So to, for then that to be to have all that ambition and for that to be ended after ten games, you know, that that's a big that's a big deal for him personally, um, for him to take emotionally and and. You go from having this big dream, I guess, of being a Premier League manager next year to being sacked after 10 games. So for him then, the, the kind of personal journey that's kind of come through from everything he said in the press, but not in an overt way at all is, you know, it's it's almost, it feels like redemption. And we'll kind of look at that and be like, what? Well, Watford sack, you know, Watford sack everyone. But for him, it is. For him, it is that redemption. It's that circle because he's he's gone on a journey this year from having the ambition of I'm going to be a Premier League manager and that's what I want to do. And I'm so hungry, I want to do it. To being sacked to then being a Premier League manager, and that's special, I think. And I think he, what, what, I, what I love about Rob is he's so he understands that there is a big, big picture at a football club to bring success, and I think he underestimates the role, the job that he's done, and the extent of how important that was. Because you, you know, you look at like a Critchley at QPR, he went in after Beale was doing so well, and, and look what happened there. But he, so he recognizes the role he plays within a much bigger picture of a long, long period of time. But I don't think he should underestimate what he's done himself and how he's kept it going and how he's improved it in his own way. Because I think he does, um, from what he says in the press. So you know what, like we are, we are so lucky as a football club to have a have a person like that. Let alone a talented coach and man manager and all that stuff. What a per, you know, we are very lucky to have him as a person leading our football club and and representing our football club, um, because he is. I couldn't I couldn't be happier for him after what's happened this season. Um, to him at the start, to where he is now. Jamie, a lot of talk will be about signings and, and stuff like that. And, and just immediately after we're promoted, people asking me, would you take him? Would you take that? But but we've grown a reputation for, for recruiting right characters and, you know, Rob Edwards and, and managerial staff and everyone who in our boards, a fantastic character um, that, that sort of embodies that um, recruitment strategy. Go into the Premier League and we'll, we'll speak about it in more detail when we, when we do future pods, but we're not going to just sign any old players. Um, it's going to fit in with what we've done um, over the course of, 
2020's reign as our owners, it's going to be getting the right characters in and ensuring that the personality matches what we've got in the changing room. And, and that starts again with, with Rob Edwards. It's to do with the management team. Every member of staff in place at, at Luton Town, you can see it's this together spirit. Um, there's no no egos, no individuals. And, and uh, as we've heard that in association with the playing squad, that runs true through through the, you know, off the field and, and those people in positions that we don't regularly get to see on a weekly basis. Yeah, spot on, mate. I mean, I think obviously we will sign players. Obviously, we will go to a record. I can for sure we will spend more than £2 million on a player. Um, but we, we are Luton Town. We do, we do things the Luton Town way. And I think if, if we are to stay up in the Premier League next season, we need to use the assets that we have. Now, one of the assets is Kenneth Road. We all know what what that can do for us. But another another one of our assets is, is the togetherness and, and the humility in, in the squad. And I think, yeah, we, we, we need to get technically better in Mary. Um, if we're to stay up, that that's that's obvious. That that goes without saying. But I think if you look at some personal about, I think certainly were Leicester in bottom three sides on paper in terms of the squad and the players they've got. Absolutely, absolutely not. Um, but the likes of, of Bournemouth stayed up this year because they had a little bit different, and you can tell that their squad was together and and their squad was pulling in the same direction and, and was fighting for, fighting for each other. So, okay, yeah, assign players and get technically better and get potentially a, a few players with experience in the Premier League and, and people who, who, who have done it before. But we can't lose what what has got us to, to this place. There's, there's no point having something so strong in terms of that, that squad's mentality and, 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 and how good the group is that has got us from the conference to the Premier League and we've deviated from that once to then suddenly overnight do a forest and sign 20, 20, 22 brand new players and rip it all up and, 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 and start from scratch because that's only going to end badly personally um, so yeah we'll, we'll sign three, four, five probably players in terms of team players to, 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 to slot in okay we might sign a few more young ones in terms of Go out a B team, go out and go out a sort of a, sort of a bigger academy um, role. But yeah, in, in terms of still doing things the Luton way is is fundamental to us in terms of if we're going to stay up next year. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to who we're going to sign. It's really exciting. Don't get me wrong, um, but it's going to be really interesting to see the sort of players that that we bring in. What an interesting summer we have in store. Uh, just on that sort of note on the, the players and, and I guess personnel that, that deserves a shout out for the season. You know, it, it's difficult to, to pick out individuals, but obviously Big Mick, um, again, an absolute Luton Town legend thrown through in, in various different capacities. And, you know, still this season, you look at Joe Taylor and, and the player that he's recruited and, and, has his has had sorry his, his little bit of success so far. Um, it, it's good to see Big Mick still very very um, invested in the club and, and in his role. Uh, Gary Sweet, um, you know, he had a vision. 
he's living that vision. It's very, very exciting for him. We got on the player side of things, Dan Potts, what an incredible story that is, uh, taking Luton to the Premier League. And of course, we mentioned his goal, uh, stepping up penalty spot, the, the last Luton goal that was. Um, of course, L- League Two player when we, when we signed him. Uh, you look at Elijah Adebayo, seems ages ago that, that we picked him up from Walsall, but you know it wasn't very long, at, uh, long ago at all. Um, Colton Morris, relegated with, with uh, Barnsley last season, now 20 goal a season striker going into the Premier League. There's so many, so many stories within the, the Luton Town squad and, and I guess the wider picture as well. It, it's difficult to, to mention everybody. Um, I'll, that's where I'll probably open up the floor. If there's any other stories that I'm missing, I'll, I'd love to hear them because I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss any of these, these sub stories out. I think there are so many in that squad. I think it, when you look at the squad of, of where they've come from, I think it's a, it's it, everyone is a story of players battling against adversity and 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 having something to prove. You know, Amari Bell let go by Blackburn. Uh, Gabe Osho, what well, couldn't get a game at Reading? They wouldn't they wouldn't let him, they wouldn't give him a game, and they had no pathway, so he came to us. You know, Luke Berry signed from Cambridge in League Two. Uh, you know, Pelly, we've covered. Um, you know, there's so many there's so many stories in there where it's players who have come from places where there's something to prove and there's always there's always there's always a way of them showing people that this is what i'm about and i'm hungry to go and do it this is what i want to achieve you know Lockyer was was from charlton when they got relegated reese burke from league one hull and now these guys are all premier league players and i think that's special and in terms of building the culture and talking about the group of players that are there it's every single one of them has not been there and done it and achieved this and that Every single one of them has, has gone into every championship season with, I've got to prove myself as a player at this level. Jordan Clark from a free from Accrington. You know, there's so many in there that they've all got something to prove. They've all got, they've all got to show that they're a championship player and, and now they're Premier League players. And, and that's why I think it's really special in terms of like a recruitment policy that's been guided by the fact we haven't got massive budget. So we have to sign players like that. And off the back of that, you've got a group of players who are just hungry to show what they can do. And are so driven and 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 together in that sense. So, I think that kind of defines our squad, to be honest, Billy. Like in terms of the group and and what's the stories. There's all there's a sub story everywhere in every player. None of them are, are made championship players, and I think that's really special. And I think that kind of defines this group of players and, and what they've achieved this year. I think Alfie Dowdy for me sums up our recruitment in terms of. I mean, that they, they, I, I remember the interview when he came to us to start with. He, he just seemed like he was a bit unloved. He sort of wasn't enjoying his football. He um, had a tough time at Stoke. But obviously, went, went on to Cardiff. Um, and he obviously, obviously, there was talent there because he fantastic Charlton and, and we've been tracking him for some time. Um, he had this, I guess, his reputation as having a bit of a hospital pass in terms of being injured constantly, not, not really been able to to play game after game, but suddenly we've brought him into our environment, shown him love, and he's basically just knocked out 40-plus championship games and been one of, if not the best left-back in the league this year. Still young. For me, probably a good Premier League season away from being on the cusp of the England squad. And suddenly we've got a 
twenty million pound plus asset on our hands. Um, so I think it's just it, the recruitment out is out in terms of our strategy, knowing who we want, knowing who's going to fit well into our squad, and not giving up. Okay, we 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 probably lost out on him when he went from Charlton to Stoke, but we we, we kept tracking him, kept him on the radar, and when it was an option for him to come to us for and he's not not looked back i think for me beyond the the, the popular names in terms of our best season be it obviously being morris and lucky i think for me he's right up there in terms of how good he's been for us um but yeah i think doubt in terms of his i guess his probably less romantic story because he because he's always been sort of football league and and sort of had had a break at the championship dope in terms of in terms of sort of a, a, a step change in his career from being so unloved at Stoke to now and so loved and sort of it almost feels like he's found a home now at Liam. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm excited just to see how he gets on next year. Let's move on to the celebrations. Um, we've alluded to them. Um, it was a massive, massive part of the day, obviously. Um, unfortunately, it has to be a loser and, and Coventry City absolute you know it's a similar feeling to when we played Notts County I felt um I know that it wasn't a game of much magnitude when we went up and there was a real real good feeling between the two clubs a lot of respect um Notts County moving in another direction and, and us obviously moving in our our direction um but but ultimately Coventry uh, a very very good set of supporters uh they've still got Mark Robbins which is an incredible asset um, they play some very, very good football. I know it's going to be a tough championship season next year, but but Coventry City, um, I've got nothing but but respect for them, Dylan. Yeah, great club. Um, really, really good set of fans. And I think a story as well, as has been alluded to a lot, um, a story as well that's very similar to us of adversity, of low budgets, of, you know, they didn't have another home ground at the start of the year. So, yeah, I have so much respect for Coventry and the way they do things. Um, great club, great club, and and I genuinely wish them all the best. And and I think it was when went into the when it going into the final, it was if we don't do it, I want it to be Coventry who do it because they're a club who are on a similar path to us. They're not like some of the other clubs. Not not that there's anything wrong with other clubs, but I just think in terms of a bit of an underdog story, if it wasn't going to be us, I wanted to be Coventry um, because all round, as we know, like just a great club. Um, really well run and, and well in some bits really well run and uh, but on the pitch and stuff is great great team great group of players great manager great staff um, and wish them the very best for next year and hopefully they can join us when we survive um, and then they uh, they join us and, and we're both in the Prem next year hopefully or two years sorry a quick show of hands who who cried who cried on Saturday Absolutely, no shame in that whatsoever. Awful. No, I never thought I would, and and I went through the whole week. My my dad was saying he was getting emotional watching all these videos, and yeah, I, I said, yeah, but I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna feel it. I'm in the moment, blah blah blah. But once it came to that that final penalty, I was sobbing. I was absolutely mm. sobbing. It weren't just a tear in the eye or anything like that. I, I was gone. I was gone to the world. Yeah, for me, when when Darbo missed that penalty, literally turned to my dad, 
put my hands on his cheeks. His his hands were on my cheeks. We were literally staring in each other's eyes and just sort of not really saying anything, just like screaming and just like almost the eyes saying, what the actual hell, like we've done it. Like, because there's, there's one thing I was saying at the top of the pod in terms of being confident that, that we'd do it and we'd, we'd win it and, and that, but it's another thing to have actually done it, to have actually realised that we're a Premier League club and in that moment, like that, that moment celebrating with my dad and then my granddad and yeah, and then 20 seconds later after all that, sitting down in my chair and just sobbing for half a minute and just, yeah, sort of all the emotions. I think it's sort of all the emotions of what we've been through as as fans. Um, obviously, obviously all of us of all generations have, have been through it, but I think, I guess, us as younger fans in particular, having not seen our club in the top flight before, um, that that obviously hits hits a bit harder as well because we we grew up during during the dark days through school and being surrounded by Premier League fans, um, and it it all makes it worth it. It all it it makes all of the pain that we've been through worth it, um, and I wouldn't change it for the world. So in that moment, all those emotions just just come to the fore, um, and you just yeah just so, so many happy tears um, on cloud nine, and then those tears go away and then the music starts playing and you're just having a party, basically. It's just, um, yeah, those, those emotions will stay with me forever. Is it the same story for you two as well? Yeah. Um, after, once the penalty went over, me, my aunt and my little sister are just, I think we're all crying, hugging each other. And, you know, half the time I was jumping around, half the time I was, you know, didn't know where to look. I was hugging my family. I was, you know, just yeah. It was it was brilliant, and you know, I've, I've personally, I've you know, I went through a lot of school with and lots of people like actually targeting me because of Luton and and you know, being called a lot of things to you know to do with Luton and all that, and I just you know that's the Saturday was just the biggest, you know. Biggest two fingers to them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And and I tweeted out earlier saying, you know, constantly being asked, uh, who's your Premier League team by by most fans of anyone that is in the Premier League. So, you know, going to ask Southampton fans, Norwich fans, Scum fans, who their Premier League team is, if I meet any. And but yeah, it's just it it it's hard. Yeah, I think we've all said like it's, it's it's hard not to think about where we've come from and and all the stuff we've dealt with and and it's it is just just out of this world. One hundred percent, Dylan. Are you do you make it four out of four of us crying? Absolutely, mate. Absolutely, mate. Um, I was there with my dad, my mum, and my sister, and yeah, same. You know, I think I think we're all of that that generation of fans where, like Stephen said, like Jamie said, we've you know grown up around a lot of people who who like to poke fun at, at the fact that we support Luton, who are a lower league club, but don't really have any real passion for their own team, and that's the only reason they they poke fun or they ask who your Premier League team is because they don't really understand what 
what loving a club is. And I think, I think that's that that it's it's not it's not closure, but it's. I think we are we are we haven't seen good times until very recently, until the last you know five years, six seven years, and and I think you know those five years in the conference, like Mark Robin said in his post post match press conference, he said you know the dark times make the the good times feel even better and make them feel even more special, and I, I think that is that is us because we've had some really really dark times that have probably been our formative years as Luton fans between the four of us. And and now it's 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 been successful and, and we're we're in a place that is, you know, if you'd said that eleven years to us when we lost to York that we've been in the Premier League in eleven years, um, I think we would have looked at you like you're a bit stupid and, and been like, yeah, whatever. But we've done it. And and I think that that those difficult times make the good times feel special. And I, I think that's why this means so much. It's not it's not like a it's not like when a well, like for example, like this is no disrespect to to any club, but you know when an Aston Villa goes up or, or something like that, where they've got big players and they're a big big club financially and they want to go up, you know, it's an expectation that they're a Premier League club almost. For us, this is in the backdrop of a lot of tough times and tough moments. So I think that makes it even more special. Um, and I just want to jump in there and say I remember I think when we got promoted from League One and uh, a Luton fan, I can't I can't remember if. Andrew or some, I know that someone wrote an article essentially saying that these are the good old days. You know, people always talk about the good old days of, you know, when they were younger and watching Luton or watching their own teams and all that. But I think it's just well worth sort of taking a step back and, you know, looking at all of this and sort of, you know, on the, on the, on the same way as that, that article wrote, like, you know, this is, these are the good old days, not saying that we're going to, it's all downhill from here, but it, you know, this is just, you look at other football clubs and you don't, you almost don't get this often or ever with some football clubs. And here we are loving every minute of it. And we're, we're privileged with that. And yeah, it's just, yeah, these, these are the good old days. 100%. And going on to today, the parade, Steve, and you said you watched it. Dylan, I don't know what you do, you done for. I don't know if you've caught any of the action um, as of yet, but Jamie and I were there. What another uh, celebration! Really, really good to see the town like it was. Um, it, again, just seeing the players come out—it's it, it, just such a such a good feeling. And I didn't think it would be able to come anywhere near to to the sort of the jubilation on on Saturday, but you know, it was. Very, very excited to see the players again and, and those the ones that done it on the pitch, the ones that done it off the pitch as well. Gary Sweet, Mick Harford, um, everybody involved in the football club. Another real joyous day. And I think I said to you, Jamie, I just didn't expect to see so many people. Um, but we've got to expect it now. We're a Premier League club. Absolutely. And I, I guess we were in St George's Square all, all of our, our time in town, but obviously then watching the pictures back on, on train back, seeing Barry Park, seeing the roads between Barry Park and, and 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 town just sort of lined with people and then seeing the bus angle of St George's Square when they were rolling in and just seeing thousands of people. You sort of don't realise how many people there were there until you see it from, from the bus angle. Um, and yeah, it's it's one thing that it, that will help it sink in in terms of realising that we are a Premier League club. 
Um, and yeah, I think it probably won't sink in until the fit, the fixture release day. But no, seeing seeing everyone that that was a part of it there, the players, the staff, the boards. Um, I mean, as as Gary Sweet was saying, sort of enjoy these moments, but stay humble. Um, they said that's that, that's just so important, just to stay humble. Um, and I also wish you would have told us to wear sun cream because we've got we've got burnt a bill. <laughs> bill, you're on mute. I knew I was going to do that today. I knew it was going to be at some point. Kept doing it, but yeah, caught out then. Um, yeah, just says Stephen um, put a little photo of us, the four of us doing this post on on Twitter, um, and you can see my my sunburn to to the fullest extent. Um, cheers, Stephen. Caught me up. <laughs> but then, yeah, we were just saying the parade, um, everything about the last few days, and and again, it's what Stephen said there. The good old days. These are the good old days. Um, goes back to that meme about how do you know when you are in the good old days? This is certainly them. Um, enjoy it. Drink it in if you if you haven't been already, which I'm sure you have been. If you drink, uh, of course, there's a few. Um, it's party time. It's still celebratory time. I know it's back to work for most tomorrow, but it's still it's still such a good feeling. I know I'm going to go into work tomorrow, beaming smile. Nothing will be able to knock that. Um, Luton Town are in the Premier League. It's going to be it's going to be amazing. Even if we get battered every week, who cares? We'll be in the top flight of English football after everything we have been through. That leaves me to say a big thank you to the three of you for joining. You weren't going to miss today. Not, not a pod of this magnitude. It's great to, to see you all again after, after Saturday. Also, make sure to check out our socials if you don't know. By now, on Twitter, we are at Oak Road Hatter. On Instagram, we are Oak Road Hatter Pod. And also, Facebook, we are Oak Road Hatter. That is all from us. It's goodbye, and we'll see you soon. Can we roll out with, with Match the Day team, Jim? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.